Welcome to The Ladder, a podcast series for aspiring turf managers currently climbing the career ladder, and also for those already at the top who would like to better understand their Generation Y staff members. Sit back, settle in, and enjoy. Welcome to this episode of The Ladder. I'm your host today, John Reitman, and our guest is Jared Waite, the Assistant Superintendent at Muirfield Village Golf Club in Dublin, Ohio. Jared, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, John. Tell us a little bit about your experience there at Muirfield. Where did you earn your undergraduate degree? Uh, my my college education came from uh, the Pennsylvania State University. I did the two-year golf course turfgrass management certificate program there. Um, kind of fell into that. I uh, got, got in last minute. You know, luckily, uh, had done a freshman year at a smaller you know, state college. Uh, state university school and just wasn't really into what I thought I was going to be into and uh, had been working on golf courses so that opportunity came up got in like I said last minute and uh, haven't looked back ever since. How long have you been at Muirfield? So I've been here four years well this is finishing up my fourth season now. So you work for Chad Mark now and you would start it under Paul Latshaw correct? Correct yes I uh Got my start out here at Muirfield, uh, actually, as a volunteer during the tournaments. Uh, I was out for the, the Memorial Tournament in 2012, and then again in 2013, and just so happened to end up coming out also for the President's Cup in 2013. That was kind of a last-minute decision thing that actually ended up uh, helping me secure the position that I got under Paul Latshaw. You know, a lot of things kind of went in motion after that President's Cup had, had finalized and wrapped up and uh, Lucas Lowndes had moved on and it created a little bit of an opening here in the management team at Muirfield and, and got a call from Paul B. Latshaw and, and the rest is history. Where had you been working up to that point? So right out of school, actually, I'd, I'd taken a position as an assistant in training, uh, AIT position at Wildwood Golf Club. And this is in 2009 under Eric Matarkowski. Uh, was there for a little while, then kind of moved back home to one of the higher-end private clubs, Center Hills Country Club, working for Chip Fogelman and Gabe Mena there. Um, kind of missed the, the high-paced, uh, the fast-paced, high-energy environment, you know, the, the ridiculously fast green speeds and all that that the Pittsburgh atmosphere had brought. And so kind of was interested and actually lucked into another position out in Pittsburgh, at South Point Golf Club, working for Alan Easter, and that was when things really started rolling. Uh, he he kind of really started to hone me in on on what it took and 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 what kind of dedication I needed to commit myself to to uh, take it to the next level. And I was working for him that I was able to have those those uh, tournament volunteering opportunities that brought me out to Muirfield. Center Hills is that in the State College area? That is, yes. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where I grew up, uh, right there in Happy Valley. I grew up in Belfont, just down the street. And uh, you know, for me back home, that was that was high end. That was as good as it gets. So great experience, great opportunity that I had. And uh, yeah, I, I made the most of it. But like I said, ultimately I decided that I was just looking to pursue something uh, a little bit more, uh, I don't know, a little bit more, uh, just more demanding, a more demanding membership. You know, I had higher expectations for myself, and 
had to move on. You mentioned working in the Pittsburgh area and the demanding or the demand for great conditions that exist throughout western Pennsylvania. What was it like working in that area? In Pittsburgh, it's it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of really good golf clubs in Pittsburgh, and it's just like any major city, really. Um, you, you you look at it, that's where there's a bigger market for it. There's there's more uh, corporate memberships and, and businesses and more business executives, CEOs, and, and they all got to where they're at, they're at in their professions by, you know, a, a great attention to detail and, and demanding the, the best and the best expectation, the highest expectations. So, you know, they, they kind of bring that to whatever club they belong at with their expectations of the golf course too. So that was, for me, that, that was the, the biggest challenge there was uh, coming up to speed with what those expectations were, but it happened, it happened to work out perfect for me anyhow as uh that was kind of what really drove me was was trying to pursue that perfection that that unattainable uh you know, perfect conditioning perfect green speeds all that it's it's one of those things that you can never get to you can never really satisfy your your hunger for it but it it was good to have that kind of environment to, to work in how much of the competitiveness there is driven by the major championship history at Oakmont, everybody trying to keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. That's exactly what it is. You know, it's it's a lot of, uh, yeah, well, this club's still in this, and, and, and Pittsburgh happens to be Oakmont. Is, you know, they have green speeds of this and firmness of that, and, uh, you know, the, their bunkers are in immaculate condition. You know, fairways are rolling out. And so that, that's what everyone compares it to, and, uh, and it's good. It, it's what really actually probably makes those top 10 top 15 clubs in that area so great is you know one person pushing something and maybe it's not even oakmont that pushes the envelope maybe it's another club down the street you know maybe st Clair does something or uh or the field club or fox chapel or there's so many great clubs around valley brook you know and you uh you have people that just keep pushing each other and taking taking everyone to places that no one's been yet and out of that comes some fantastically conditioned golf courses. So, and now you're at a place equally known for producing immaculate conditions. Your boss, Chad Mark, said the goal there is to be ready for Jack Nicholas to drop in anytime. How much did your experience at some of these other courses prepare you for what you encountered there at Mirrorfield? I would say quite a bit. Um, and a lot of it was it's it's just kind of everything on a different scale. So you know, like at, at South Point, maybe we had twenty to twenty-five guys peak season, and so our expectations were the same, the same there as they are here. And you, you want to be ready for anybody to show up at any time, and it doesn't matter who. You want to give everyone the best possible experience that you can provide, and. I'd say the biggest thing that I learned from a lot of the places that I came from was the efficiency aspect of that, the levels of production and efficiency that are needed to, you know, get through every surface in your morning, you know, your morning exercises, your morning maintenance, and, you know, have that conditioning on a daily basis. Because you can't just let something go one day and, and catch up to it three days down the road. You've got to be able to get through everything all the time. So 
learning how to do that, you know, with with limited resources really kind of helped me out for when I got to where I'm at now. And and not that we're still you know, not that we're working with unlimited resources here, but it's it's a better environment to where you can have a little more flexibility with with who does what and and what the workload is on each individual person. There's all sorts of personalities out there among superintendents takes a certain kind to succeed at a place like Muirfield. Talk to us a little bit about the traits that Paul Latshaw has and that Chad Mark has that allows them to be so successful at a place with such high expectations. Yeah, they're they're hungry and they're dedicated. Yeah, like I said, going back to it, everyone's pursuing this this ideology of perfection, and uh, and it's 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 not easy to get there. You know, a lot of courses can pull it together here and there for a weekend or an event or a tournament, but to try to try to pursue it on a daily basis and provide those levels of of uh, golf course conditioning day in and day out, that's that's something that you got to be dedicated to. It's, it's, it can be trying at times. It's, it's never easy. And sometimes you fall short, but you know, you, you, you learn from your mistakes and you, you, you figure out a better way to do things more efficiently. Uh, and you would make changes and, and go from there. So it's, it's being flexible. It's being dedicated and, and not ever losing sight of what the overall goal is. And in our case, you know, the goal is the member's experience, the, the guest's experience, just what we can do to make sure that anyone who comes out here to play golf is going to play a course that they're going to remember and cherish and want to come back and play again and again. Now, if you look at Paul Latshaw's background, there's somebody who, like you, went through the two-year program at Penn State, also has a four-year degree and I believe an MBA. Mm-hmm. What does that tell you about where this industry is headed. So with Paul, it, it's, it's absolutely an acquisition of knowledge. Uh, is having the experience and the knowledge from as many possible backgrounds as possible so that in any situation, any circumstance, you're going to be prepared and at least know what direction to go, you know, what avenue to take to you know, find your answers or, or come up with your program, your plan. So with Paul, it's a lot of preparation. You know, it's, it's it's being ready for any circumstance. When a new superintendent comes aboard, obviously I think Paul left the, the cupboard pretty well stocked for Chad, but there's always some turnover and changes being made as the new guy coming in wants things done his way and he wants a department that reflects his personality and his goals. And so when you met Chad, what was it about him and his approach that made you want to stay and work for him? Uh, realistically for me, it came down to my dedication to Muirfield village golf club. Uh, this is, this is a special place that I hold near and dear to my heart. And I, I love the property. I love the design and the people I work with all around me from the top to the bottom, Nicholas LaRocca, the general manager, Larry Dornish, the golf pro. Um, and then when Chad came in, for me, it was it was a very simple transition. Uh, he and I have a very similar background with the, the types of clubs that we had worked at in, the, in our past. And 
kind of did our, our our teeth cutting at, if you will. So I kind of I, I came up to speed with him real quick as far as you know the hows and the whys and uh, and his scheduling format and, and all that. So we just clicked instantly. What's it like working for? A single owner as opposed to a member equity club, a single owner who happens to be Jack Nicholas. I'd say I, I think it's actually a little less stressful. I mean, you uh, you have one guy that has the ultimate say over something, so it's yeah, and especially when it's when it's Jack Nicholas and someone who's so passionate about the game of golf, uh, it, it, you never have a hard time selling him on something. I mean, he he's all about improving the golf course and advancing the game so if there's something we can come up with that does that he's all on board and uh and it works both ways too i mean he comes in with some great ideas himself and we put it into motion and make it happen now considering the you know the duration of his career as a obviously the, the greatest player in the game um it seems like he's been involved with golf course architecture for just as long as he played if not longer now I'm, I'm not really sure what the how those numbers shake out but he's been involved with that side of the business for a long long time now what's his obviously he, he has to have an appreciation as a player and an architect for for good conditions but what's his level of you know appreciation and expertise or knowledge or what have you of uh, agronomics so he has a, a very good understanding of the agronomics and i personally feel like he's taken that into consideration i, I can't speak for him nor will i but I, I i would swear that he's he's taken all that into consideration anytime he puts a design in place you know, he's looking at the slopes and the the drainage patterns and swales and and runoffs and and he's actually you know kind of basing his architecture around that so that it's not just not just a beautiful golf course but it's also functional and it can withstand any kind of conditions or or test of time and and really that's where it comes down to right in the very beginning phases of designing a golf course so that if you do have a three inch rainstorm come through in an afternoon or over overnight or something that the golf course doesn't suffer as much as you would think it would, yeah, being able to handle those kind of events. Yeah, and that's a lot of what we, we deal with on a daily basis is, is the weather and, and what Mother Nature gives us. So anytime we have an architect in our corner that's able to build a golf course or design a golf course that can handle that kind of thing, yeah, it's it's definitely taking agronomics a step further. With just the level of commitment to be able to be successful at a place like this, what sort of tips might you give to uh, whether it be interns or recent graduates or kids who are still in school that's that's a great question actually and i feel like this is probably one of the more you know hot issues in the industry right now all around it's just what the labor demands are for any golf course really and and, you know you can separate your tiers of high-end low-end average you know what 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 the demands are for time of the employee is probably the biggest separator of, of all things, I think. And I know there's a big trend right now where we're trying to work less hours, have more of a personal life, you know, be more involved with family and all that. And I think that's phenomenal. I think that's a, a direction that the industry needs to go. 
but there is still a certain level of dedication that it does take, and, and a lot of it's your time. And you know, I can look back on my career so far, and I know I have I've missed several holidays, birthdays. Uh, I haven't missed any funerals yet. I, I won't do that, but <laughs> there's a lot of things you miss out on, and uh, especially for me, and my family six hours away in central Pennsylvania, so. I get back there as often as I can, but it's, it's still not as much as I'd like. Uh, but at the same time, I have I have a family who is who's very strong, and, and they support what I'm trying to do and my ambitions and goals for my career. So you know, we work with it, and a lot of it, I think, comes down to you know what that individual is willing to do and what where they want to be now. A place like Muirfield, we there is a large, you know, it, there's a big time commitment that it takes, and you know we, we are doing a lot of things currently, trying to improve that, you know, get more time off and and regular time off that you can uh, you can foresee coming instead of it just being you know like a rain day, go home kind of thing. It's it's more of a a known schedule that you can make plans and and travel and and do things that you want to do with your life personally. So I think, uh, I, th- I think the biggest thing though is, is knowing why you got into it in the first place, you know, why, why you're doing what you're doing, because there's certainly times that you, know, you find yourself just thinking, why am I putting myself through this? Why, why don't I have a life? Why, you know, why this and why that? And if, if you're struggling that much with that kind of a question, you're, you're, you're going to be unhappy. You're not going to make it. You're, it's just not a right fit for you. So going back to your square peg, round hole thing, I mean, you got to find what's best for you. And there certainly are very good, very good golf courses out there that, you know, they, they, they're so – and I'm going to use Muirfield as an example of this. We have so much talent here that it doesn't come down onto just one or two people. You, know, you can you can work around it where you know, everyone's getting equal time off and, and being able to recharge the batteries and take care of their, their personal life and, and see their family and and uh, and that kind of thing is unique and I, I think you're going to see a lot more golf courses work in that direction. I think it's going to be a, a very common thing in the future, but yeah, it, it's it's one of those things that uh, time is going to tell and it, it just comes down to the individual and and what they want to do. Jared, thanks very much for joining us. We appreciate your time. All right. Thank you, John. I appreciate you having me. With a commitment to quality and a passion for sourcing the latest innovations from Europe and North America, Steck Equipment has grown to be the go-to supplier for specialized turf equipment. Check out their line of phrase mowers, material handlers, laser graders, vacuum sweepers, blowers, verticutters, and seeders, decompactors, sand fillers, and much more at steckequipment.com. That's S-T-E-C equipment.com. You have been listening to The Ladder on TurfNet Radio. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher for instant access to past and future episodes of The Ladder and other TurfNet Radio podcasts. 